February 13th, 2013. It was Ash Wednesday, and it was a particularly notable Ash Wednesday in the city of Rome. By tradition, the Pope celebrates Ash Wednesday Mass at St. Sabina Parish in Rome. It's a tradition that goes back many centuries. But again, this was no ordinary Ash Wednesday. Because two days prior to this Ash Wednesday 2013, Pope Benedict XVI had announced that he was going to resign at the end of the month. And that Ash Wednesday Mass was going to be his final public Mass as Pope. And so they hastily moved the celebration to St. Peter's Basilica to accommodate the thousands and thousands of people that were expected to converge for this very monumental day. And and as many of you know, Ash Wednesday, really after Good Friday, it's the most somber day of the year for Catholics. It's very subdued. At the Vatican, you've got the purple vestments. They use silver candlesticks and silver vessels rather than gold. It's much more somber and a much more subdued affair. And that was the case all throughout that Ash Wednesday Mass until the final procession. And Pope Benedict XVI walked down the aisle of St. Peter's Basilica for the final time at Mass. And the congregation at that Mass erupted into applause, erupted into applause of joy and thanksgiving for this man who was loved by so many people. And the choir of St. Peter's Basilica spontaneously broke into song, and they sang a little antiphon by the great composer Palestrina, Tu es Petrus. It was exquisite antiphon, translated, You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. Those words, if you've ever been to St. Peter's Basilica, are, they ring the entire top of that basilica built over the bones of St. Peter, the bones of that fisherman. And all of those things coming together made that moment quite beautiful. That triumphant acclamation on the most somber day of the year. There was not a dry eye in that building on that Ash Wednesday. It was an expression of appreciation for this Pope, yes, but also an affirmation that God would not abandon his church. God doesn't just wind up the church and then, and then let it be and just kind of stay away from it. That would imply that he is not active in the church that he himself founded. Our Lord said today, I will build my church. I'm not going to leave it to different groups of followers to band together and create it themselves. And our Lord didn't leave us to create our own vision of the church either. No, he gave us a clear and unmistakable vision. It is his church before it is ours, founded on the rock of the Apostle Peter's faith. And through thick and thin, through wars and insurrections, through good leaders and bad ones, God has not and will not abandon his church. Though many may break away from it, might try to bash it or try to destroy her from outside or from within, the church of God will always prevail. That's what everyone who was singing and weeping on that Ash Wednesday 
was celebrating and calling to mind in the depths of their hearts. That's what brought them to tears. Because in that moment of uncertainty, the first papal resignation in over 500 years, it actually brought about an expression of great faith in God's providence for Holy Mother Church. Because any other institution with that type of change in leadership, it probably would have been very difficult and wouldn't have been the same. But we know, as Catholics, and they knew that day in Rome, that Peter's faith was still that rock holding the church together, that foundation, Christ being the cornerstone, knowing that he will hold the church together and never abandon her. It's because it is his church, Jesus' church, before it was ever ours. It's not up to us to create what the church looks like. We sort of discover what God has already created. We aren't just supposed to invent a church for ourselves. It's sort of like the family, actually. We don't create what the family looks like, even though some might try to. We discover what God has already created and discover the joys and gifts that God implants into it. It's the same with the church. So what do we discover when we discover what the church is? We discover that the church is a visible church. We know it when we see it. It's clearly delineated and clearly defined. Christ wanted a visible church so that we can know where we need to be while we are on earth. It's a clear path toward eternity. And yes, the people within that visible church can leave us frustrated at times. It can be bureaucratic and wieldy and chaotic and even corrupt as we've seen throughout the centuries. But the church is first and foremost our mother. It's the surest path to salvation we have. Think of it this way. If you were trying to cross the Atlantic Ocean by sea, the best way to do it would probably be sitting on the deck of a cruise ship. It's pretty nice. You don't really have to move anywhere. You just go wherever the cruise ship goes. As long as you stay on that cruise ship, you'll be fine. You'll get, to the, you'll get across the Atlantic Ocean in a couple of days. Now, there are some who might say, oh, I, I want to go my own way. So they jump the ship and try to row their way across the Atlantic Ocean. Or maybe even try to swim their way. And they leave the ship. You might say, okay, you know, you might get there eventually. But it'll take you a little bit more work. You might get blown off course. It might require a little bit more effort. And it might be a much more perilous journey. You might still get there. But why wouldn't you want to get back in the cruise ship? Sit on the deck with a drink in hand. It'd be great. The church is like that cruise ship, brothers and sisters. It is the surest path to salvation we have. If we are in Holy Mother Church, we are on the right path. If we are united with Christ in the church, we will get there eventually. And for all her warts, Holy Mother Church is a beautiful mother. And for me, a very beautiful bride. And we see the beauty of this playing out in our own city, in our own community this coming week. We will have a new archbishop for our local church, Archbishop Mitchell Rosansky. And practically speaking, Tuesday morning's masses will be the last time that we say the word Robert in that slot in the Eucharistic prayer as head of our local church. Tuesday afternoon will be the first time we say Mitchell, our bishop. Every mass, we affirm our allegiance and our membership in the church that is founded by Christ and entrusted to Peter and his successors and their successors and their successors all the way to today. 
in an unbroken line of apostolic succession. It's an assurance that we are hearing the same teachings that Christ himself gave. After all, it was Jesus who told Jeremiah, I will give you shepherds after my own heart. He promised that the church would have his authority. Even if we are imperfect people, we have the assurance the Holy Spirit is the one in charge, guiding the church founded on the rock of Peter's faith. So this week in particular, let us give thanks for the gift of our visible Holy Mother Church, that sign of union with Christ. And pray for the shepherds who guide us, Pope Francis, Archbishop Carlson, and Archbishop-elect Rosansky, that they may govern after Christ, the Good Shepherd. May we always remain in union with the Holy Church of God, knowing that God remains with his church till the end of time, and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it.